RC Top 3, a weekly podcast of the top three stories from Regnum Christi. Everest celebrates 30 years of living the Regnum Christi charism. In the fall of 1991, Everest Academy in Clarkston, Michigan, opened its doors to just 33 students. In September of this year, 30 years later, the school, now known as Everest Collegiate High School and Academy, celebrated its anniversary with a week of festivities. With a current enrollment of 427 students in grades preschool to 12, Everest has impacted the lives of thousands of students and families. Everest Collegiate High School and Academy is an independent preschool to 12th grade Catholic school within the Archdiocese of Detroit and part of the Regnum Christi network of Catholic schools. Reflecting the charism of Regnum Christi, Everest is rooted in a specific calling to make Christ's kingdom present in the hearts of their students, staff, and faculty, and families, and in society as a whole. Everest's emphasis on both the personal relationship with Jesus Christ and the call to apostleship is captured in the school's mission statement to teach students to be Catholic, Christian leaders who are capable of utilizing their strengths so that they can fulfill the unique plan that God has for each of them. Everest's approach, inspired by the charism of Regnum Christi, can be characterized by a specific way of living the spirituality or mission through a focus on five elements, personal prayer and sacramental life, finding and living one's apostolate, accompaniment by and of others, team life, and formation. Largely, these elements are realized through the school's pedagogical model of integral formation, a comprehensive and personalized approach that focuses on four key aspects of student development, spiritual, intellectual, human, and apostolic formation. Integral formation occurs through this comprehensive and personal focus within each classroom and by all educators within the school, as well as through an international school culture that seeks to live the charism through prayer, community, customs, and traditions that radiate the charism of Regnum Christi. In 1992, the staff of three teachers and chaplain, Father Lorenzo Gomez, L.C., moved from a local church into four classrooms and a chapel on the lower level of the first phase of the original building on Everest's campus. As student enrollment increased, the classrooms on the second floor of the initial building were completed and housed students. In 1995, the second phase of construction on the initial building began for the addition of a full-service kitchen, gymnasium, cafeteria, and separate international building to the campus. The international program, initially available for boys in 6th, 7th, and 8th grades, enrolled its first students in the fall of 1997 with nine boys. The international program expanded in the fall of 2000, adding a girls' program with a residential campus in Oxford. Although suspended for the 2020-2021 school year due to the COVID pandemic, the international program continues to operate, receiving students from various countries in 6th to 11th grades who provide a unique flavor to the school through the blending of cultures and the formation of friendships that cross continents. Over the years, Everest has witnessed the mutual benefits for both its international students and its day students of this cultural interchange. With the increasing enrollment, the school was able to achieve one of its long-term goals in the fall of 1998 by providing gender-specific classes on a co-ed campus, and the elementary and girls' school building opened its doors in the fall of 2002. Everest continues to offer gender-specific formation for all students and gender-specific classrooms for specific content areas in the middle school and high school. Since 2012, the Cardinal Newman Society has recognized Everest as a school of excellence, and in 2016, 
Everest was recognized by the U.S. Department of Education as a national blue ribbon school of excellence. Over the past 30 years, Everest has grown from a staff made up of just three teachers and chaplain, teaching out of a local church, to an award-winning school with a robust enrollment, championship athletics, and a dynamic international program, all situated on a 90-acre campus. The founding priest, Father Gomez, returned to Everest for Founders' Day and the 30th anniversary celebrations held in September of this year, and echoes what has been often said, there is something special here. The anniversary celebrations began on Wednesday, September 15th, with a mass for all students, concelebrated by several priests. Also present were Mary Ann Williams and Kay Brown, who were among the founders of the school in the late 80s and early 90s, and Maura Plant, Everest's admission director of 23 years. During the Mass, Father Gomez recounted the generosity of the founding families, giving special mention to the example of the Thews family. Five grandchildren of the founders presented the gifts during the offertory of the Mass. After Mass, Father Gomez spent time greeting the students and sharing a pizza lunch with the high schoolers. He spent the rest of Wednesday and all day Thursday meeting with groups of faculty, staff, and students, as well as some members of the board of directors to share memories of the foundation of the school and also the vision that inspired its foundation. Founders' Day activities continued with Friday Mass for students and a home football game for the Everest Mountaineers. Father Gomez prayed a blessing over the permanent athletic field lights, which had recently been installed thanks to the generosity of benefactors and the hard work of many, and all those who will play under them. We ask you, Father, to bless these lights, but also to enlighten our souls so that our homes will be like the home that you had in Nazareth, full of light, because you are the light. Enlighten our consciences so that we can make good decisions and that these external lights will become the spiritual light that will lead us to heaven. To add to the celebrations, the Mountaineers claimed a 42-12 victory over Allen Park Cabrini. The anniversary celebrations concluded with the community mass on Saturday afternoon. As Everest celebrates its 30th anniversary, it has chosen a theme. Recall, reconnect, refocus. Throughout the year, the school is delving more deeply into just what it is that makes Everest unique. Everest Collegiate High School and Academy shares in and passes on the charism of the Reagan Christie spiritual family to its students, faculty, and families. The charism is rooted in a love for Christ, flowing from a personal encounter with Him, that urges an individual response of bringing that same love to others. Everest has a distinctly charismatic culture that is manifest in its classrooms throughout the campus and within the community. To find out more about Everest Collegiate High School and Academy, visit their website at everestcatholic.org. Sister Cider by Holly Gustafson Last month, I wrote about my favorite October saint, out of all the humble and holy October saints, St. Faustina is my fave. November, too, is replete with big-name saints, like St. Martin de Pours, November 3rd, and St. Martin of Tours, November 12th, St. Charles Borromeo, November 4th, St. Leo the Great, November 10th, St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, November 13th, St. Philemon of the Epistles, November 22nd, St. Catherine Labouret, who gave us the Miraculous Medal, November 28th. And, of course, we can't forget Mary's famous cousin, St. Elizabeth, November 5th, and her husband, St. Zachariah, November 15th. 
but the best November saint has to be Blessed Martha la Boutillier, otherwise known as Sister Cider. Blessed Martha was a 19th century nun who lived in an abbey in Normandy, France. After serving in several different roles, including working in the gardens and helping with the laundry, she was assigned to work in the cellar where the cider was made. It was here that she earned her nickname. Martha was so adept at making cider that she became known as Sister Cider by those who knew her. She also had great compassion for the sick and wounded at war, and was known for her care of the soldiers, whom she always ensured had plenty of food and wine. Blessed Martha's feast day is November 4th, but I don't think it's ever too late to celebrate with our saint friends, and what better way to do so than to make cider for the upcoming holidays in honor of both Martha's skill at cider making and her care and provision for the wounded. Make your favorite cider recipe, or try the one below, one of my team's favorite ciders to make. Sister Cider Punch 4 cups of apple juice 4 cups of orange juice Half a teaspoon of ground ginger Half a teaspoon of ground nutmeg Half a teaspoon of cinnamon Combine and warm in a slow cooker on low for 3-4 to four hours, or simmer on low heat on the stove, until heated through. Garnish with sliced orange, thinly sliced apple, a couple handfuls of cranberries, and two or three cinnamon sticks. Adjust the spices to your liking. Add water if you prefer a slightly less sweet cider, or add red wine in honor of Sister Cider. Lessons from the Workshop of St. Joseph by Father Daniel Brandenburg, L.C. Part 14. The Power of Pilgrimage My dad loved his work. He was also a bit of a workaholic, so he recognized the importance of rhythms to force breaks and balance in his life routine. That included spaces for family prayer, a regular all-family trek to church on Saturdays for confession, and, of course, Sunday Mass each week. Yet also, from a young age, my parents would take us on out-of-the-ordinary trips. Canoeing in the azure streams of the Ozarks or camping in the Black Hills were memorable vacations together. But we also embarked on pilgrimages that shaped my life and faith. Religious conferences in the Superdome of New Orleans or Notre Dame University. Four years at the high school youth conferences at the Franciscan University of Steubenville. A Marian site in Wisconsin. And World Youth Day in Denver. My home parish in West Bend, Iowa, also happened to be a pilgrimage site for millions, the Grotto of the Redemption. From all this exposure, I experienced firsthand the power of pilgrimage. A pilgrimage is a long journey, most often to a location of religious importance. It implies a change from our normal routines. It provokes new experiences, fresh insights, renewed spirit, and enhanced creativity precisely because it reconnects us to the broader purpose of our life. When your nose is to the grindstone, you can't see the bigger picture. A pilgrimage allows your view of the world and life to expand, even to the perspective of eternity. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. What significance did pilgrimage have for St. Joseph and the Holy Family? A simple review of Luke's Gospel provides insight. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Each year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, and when he was twelve years old, they went up according to festival custom. Luke chapter 2, 
verses 39 to 42. This brief passage brings out two key facts about the Holy Family. First, we see a continuation of the behavior that has marked Joseph from the beginning. He is a just Jew who fulfills all the prescriptions of the law. Their attitudes indicate that this wasn't mere legalism, but a loving response to God who revealed life through this particular way of doing things. God's law is not irrational or arbitrary rules, but the law of life. Their delight was in the law of the Lord, and on His law they meditated day and night. Psalm 1, verse 2. As St. Paul would later point out, some Jews had turned the law into a lifeless set of rules, eviscerating spirit and love from their actions. Jesus Himself had harsh words for the Pharisees who honored God with their lips and external practices, but their hearts were far from Him. Jesus did not abolish the law, however, but fulfilled it, because he first learned from Joseph and Mary how to love God in it, in spirit and truth. Jesus is the new lawgiver, and he commands us to love one another as he has loved us. When we love someone, we are attentive to their requests, and if we don't care for someone, we ignore them. Similarly, to love God is to keep his commandments. Loving fulfillment of God's commands leads to a happy and ordered life, filled with joy and delight. The second element that emerges from the passage from Luke is that the Holy Family regularly went on pilgrimage. The pilgrimages of the Jews to Jerusalem at the time of the great festivals were a matter of precept and obligation, and an important part of the Holy Family's piety was observance of this annual pilgrimage. Because they made this trip regularly, Jesus grew to know and love Jerusalem. His earliest memories are marked by traveling cross-country and caravan, milling through crowds in the busy Jerusalem streets that dwarfed sleepy Nazareth. The pungent odors of the animals for sacrifice mixed with incense, and the shiny trinkets and exotic foods for sale in the bustling markets sparked his senses. Above all, he was moved by the majesty of the temple where God visited his people. Boys love adventure, and Jesus awaited each pilgrimage excitedly. This blend of human and religious experience punctuated Jesus' upbringing. Tradition holds that the Virgin Mary was raised in the temple area. She would have known Jerusalem like the back of her hand, and many of the locals would have known her also. No doubt she thrilled bringing Joseph and Jesus to her favorite shops and haunts or introducing them to old friends. After years of such familiar introductions, Jesus would have felt at home in Jerusalem too. When they went to Jerusalem for the feast, so many people knew them now. Jesus feels at ease in the temple area, listening to the rabbis. He slips into a class, asks brilliant questions that make the teachers think. And, like later, their hearts must have burned within them as this boy drew out questions and connections that awakened dreams made dormant by decades of disuse and the dust of unfulfilled hopes. His questions stir them. They all lose track of time. For more resources, visit www.regnumchristi.org or download the Regnum Christi English app today.